This is the Diverse Discoveries podcast, and we are a group of female educators exploring edtech, femtech, and culture projects all around the world. We aim to highlight organizations from the countries where English is not their first language, same as for us. My name is Katya, and in today's episode, I and Karina interviewed Igor Ajikov and Masha Tivnova, who are members of the LGBTQ plus group called Coming Out. Coming Out is a Russian human rights organization that uh, has been working to protect the rights of LGBTQ plus community since 2008. Since the start war in Ukraine in 2022, their team has relocated to Vilnius, uh, Lithuania and continues to operate from there. They work with the education of LGBTQ plus people and allies about LGBTQ plus issues and concerns. Coming Out provides legal, psychological and career support, as well as community building and educational programs. Additionally, we spoke a lot about diversity, equity and inclusion in business, since it's their new field of expertise. Let's dive in. Igor, Marsha, thanks for joining us. Today we're going to talk about you and your project, the LGBTQ plus group coming out, which operates in Russia and supports queer people and their needs and rights. But before we dive into that, please introduce yourself. What do you do? Where do you live currently? Anything important to know about you? Masha, please, can I ask you to start? My name is Masha Tunova. I live in London, UK. It's a very rainy day now, which is very typical (laughs) and expectant of the London weather. I'm an applied theatre practitioner and a narrative practitioner. I work with communities, specifically queer and migrant communities here in London. I'm also doing some theatre projects, which are actual theatre, not Applied Theatre, which is a community work. And uh, together with uh, Igor, we are doing DI work for companies with a large proportion of people from post-Soviet countries. <laughs> and we agreed not to use this language, but we haven't found a proper word to describe that yet. And I'm a mother. I have a son and a cat who were brought from Moscow. Hi, guys. My name is Igor Achikov. I live in Georgia, in Belize. I work with uh, Masha and uh, other part of our team in uh, Coming Out. I work with uh, DEI, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion project in business. We find, uh, we find connect between business and between community, queer community. And uh, also I work like UX product, um, human experience researcher. And um, honestly, I have... Um, <laughs> strange career way from geology and geography faculty and uh, specialty in geology science to uh, to D and I and human rights and uh, and uh, yeah important fact about me I'm uh, open gay and I uh, talk about it with uh, different people with my family of course with my friends with my environment uh, professional environment and I work with uh, LGBT plus community in uh, helping process in career development and um, and uh, it's really important for me i think that's all do you have like animals at home or no 
Of course. It's my dog, Luna. It's Braco Italiano, I think. Yeah, on English, Braco Italiano. It's type of my dog. And uh, she lives with my parents because now I don't have any opportunity for live with my dog. But I hope a bit later I uh, will live with my dog in another country, in Spain, I think. Perfect. I hope you reconnect because dogs are like uh, new children, you know, this type of uh, narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good father. <laughs> Godfather, dogfather, puns all the way. Exactly. I'm not sure, like, maybe it's a little bit side road of our discussion, but for the people, including me, who are not super, like, educated about this, tell us the general idea, what is is uh, like, as far as I understand, is, like, the whole part of business processes which related to the way that companies and government, probably in corporation and everyone, work within their working culture and hiring culture. But this is like the stable segment of business processes which is currently exists in many countries. Or no, can you tell us more? Yeah, again, uh, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, it's really interesting definition because early, if we talk about evolution of this definition, in first option we had D and I, diversity and inclusion, after DEI, but not equity, diversity, equality and inclusion, and now diversity, equity and inclusion. It's not only about hiring process, not only about process work with the employees in company, it's about different part of business. It's like strategy. Strategy work with uh, human cycle in business. It's about uh, employees, of course, it's about clients, it's about products, and it's about your relationship with uh, your partners around. It's big ecosystem with different parts. And if you want work with diversity, of course, you need to understand it's not HR project. It's big business project with including different parts of business, with including maybe sale, maybe a C-level, and work with um, aspects, diversity, equity, inclusion on different levels. It's important things for understanding what is it, DEI. And um, now um, work with diversity, for short definition, I will talk diversity, only diversity or DEI. It's like trends because now company think about DEI because it's about modern way for development and business. Of course, it's about hiring high um, professional, high performers in business. And now on employees market, we have new generation who think about work, like about place where I can find value like inside me. And it's about human-centric business. If we work in human-centric age business, but now we, uh, we, we, we know about war in different parts of our world. It's um, difficult work in uh, the DAI, but it's about trends. It's about process, not in every company. Of course, it's about West company, European company, USA company, maybe UK company. <laughs> Masha, give me more facts about it. And of course, if we talk about Russian language market, DEI, not trends for this market. And one more important thing, inside DEI, we have um, five imperatives, five areas work with today. Gender diversity, age diversity, 
um, sexual diversity, culture or ethnic diversity, and disability. And uh, in Russia, we can find projects um, where you work only with disability, with maybe with gender diversity, but in my opinion, not good work with gender diversity in Russia now. Um, yeah, in the solo, and of course, coming out, work with sexual and gender diversity. And in Russia now, we can't work with sexual diversity because it's dangerous, dangerous for people who work with it, dangerous for us, and law tell give more difficult things in this work. Can we circle back for a while to your own like personal motivations, both of you? I mean, you told us about your sexual orientation. I think I can see the connection, but I think it is way deeper. So why? Why coming out is important? Why coming out is important to both people in still who are still in Russia, especially now after the, I think it is called anti-propaganda law or something is, has passed out. So I want to ask you both uh, separately, what is your personal motivation behind the, the project? Why do you do that? And I think must uh, uh, tell more information about coming out maybe <laughs> and after talk about our uh, personal motivation yeah coming out is a russian lgbtq plus rights organization that has been working to protect the rights and empower lgbtq plus people in russia since 2008 since the start of the war in ukraine our team has relocated in vilnius and now we work in latvania and continues to work from there and if before we worked with uh, people who live in russian and its organization from St. Petersburg. Now we work also with Russian-speaking people who live in different countries, and we work with different uh, areas of work. It's legal support, it's uh, psychological support, it's uh, career support in community building, information support, and it's about educate people around us about uh, LGBTQ plus community. And now we uh, starting inside process, starting work with business. And Masha and I work in uh, coming out with business and create bridge between queer community and business community. Yep. It's a long story for me personally. <laughs> Just I'll try to uh, not to make it too long. So my career track was also interesting because I studied it in uh, Doctors Without Borders, Holland, in 2001 in Moscow, which now sounds um, pretty exotic to be working in Doctors Without Borders in Moscow. We were working on HIV and AIDS epidemics prevention. So we were working with uh, prison communities, with uh, queer communities, and with um, people using drugs because they were high-risk groups. And then I decided to go into corporate world from the NGO world, and I was working for many years in advertising, first as a planner, head of strategy. And then I, at some point I realized that the most important part of the strategy development for brands, for me, is uh, people learn and understand more about people. And this when I decided to switch to HR, to people and culture, because I thought that it's actually like closer to understanding real people's concerns and uh, closer to trying to support them which HR work is not always about, <laughs> as we understand, because it is highly political and um, 
you always have to bear a lot in mind. And at some point I realized that I'm not really interested in some parts of HR, like uh, it didn't really feel good to, for example, fire almost half of the company or solve some questions definitely in the best interests of the company, but not necessarily in the best interests of people. So I decided to proceed with the parts that I was more interested in, like training and development, organizational development, mostly learning and development, I'd say, and also culture, because I also had experience in brand strategy, employer brand, things like this. And at the same time, I started learning more about narrative approach and started studying narrative approach, which is an approach in psychotherapy and community work. It's a, a postmodernist approach, and it is used largely in work with uh, marginalized groups. I think this is when my perception started shifting back <laughs> and my interest started shifting back to where they started. And I was doing very different projects. Back in Russia, for example, I was doing a course for Fistac on relationships, which because of the nature of the topic had to include many people who are definitely not in Russia now, who risk a lot if they would return to Russia, who are accused of both gay propaganda and extremism. So I think at that point, I started becoming like really interested in like, not just in the broad question of human rights, which I think if you kind of like touch upon once, you can't really like unsee it. <laughs> this is why the current situation is like, the world situation is really dreadful to me. And uh, I think it will have devastating consequences for the world and also for DI work. Yeah, and then I decided to study applied theater and applied theater is basically theater, theatrical practices and work with marginalized communities. And because of um, my own background, I started working with a queer community and migrant community because this is, this is who I am, a queer migrant <laughs> woman now in London. And because I think sometimes lived experience is like really important in this community work. And I was really proud and grateful to Igor and Denise for making me the part of this project of doing DI work for companies with um, Russian-speaking backgrounds, let's put it this way, because I think there is a lot of work actually to be done just because the culture gap between people coming from these backgrounds, from our backgrounds, and uh, the Western world is pretty big so it was an interesting opportunity but also i'm really proud to be a part of coming out for all the work they have been doing in impossible circumstances and continue to be doing in impossible circumstances in russia thank you for telling us it is a long story but i think it's necessary not only to understand your personal motivation which is interesting but also essential to to understanding like the heart of the project you are i mean the project is the people always and uh, just, yeah, thank you for telling us. And also, Igor, can you tell us, not only if, just to frame you a little bit, uh, maybe it's not only, I think, about personal motivation, but also just why is it important? I mean, I do kind of understand it by watching a lot of TikToks, but why is it important for you? But also, why is it important for people to know? I mean, I would say like this uneducated point of view for 30 seconds, so from what I've seen, from what I glimpsed in the media, people always tell tell us, tell the society mostly to separate the like professional self and the personal self either, or it would be used against you. And from what you told me and from what I see from your personal mission, sexual like diversity, especially in the workplace, it is essential for the company to have. I mean, how and why and, and your personal motivation? Can you can you please tell us? 
my first reasons. I'm a part of LGBTQ plus community and it's my way. And uh, I have experience accept yourself and understanding what happens with me, what happens with people around me when uh, I talk with my nearest and dearest about myself, about what happens inside me. And I had experience studying in School of Human Rights, name of Sakharov. And after I realized, uh, okay, it's my cup of tea. I want to work with uh, people. I want helping people. And in this moment started my radical period in my life when I fighting with people around me who don't want to understand why human rights, why LGBTQ plus rights really important. And after I started to work with business in HR department, I work with internal communication with uh, culture transformation and business. After this, I again <laughs> realized, okay, I had experience work with the community in radical variants of this work. And I had experience work with business and I can understand business. Okay, I can create any interesting between these parts of my life. And in this period, I start work in strategy consulting and work with DNI uh, consulting, Russian language market. And it was really interesting period when I understand what happens inside a DNI area if we talk about business. And after I <laughs> again realized. Okay, a lot of company won't work with D&I only because it's about trends, not because it's about thinking about people, not because it's uh, really important for different people around company, only because it's or work with quote or work with brand of company. And I think maybe it's okay, but, but I started to think, okay, it's for me or not. After a few years, I um, started working coming out and coming out for me, it's a place where I can find nice concentration for me uh, from first part, where I can work with um, LGBT plus community, uh, with people with true pain about socialization, about uh, career way, about different part of life. And in this place, I can find a part about relationship with business. And it's nice way for me to connect this part of my life. It's about my motivation. And if it's all about why this important for people around, I think it's not about first. If we have discrimination, for example, sexual discrimination in any uh, society, it's maybe it's about company, maybe it's about society, any country. It's not only discrimination uh, for LGBT plus community. It's about discrimination like discrimination you can't discriminate gay person but not discriminate women or people with disability if you have mood for discriminate uh, for discriminate you discriminate uh, all people around you and uh, it's uh, first uh, reasons why it's important to work with uh, understanding why we must work why we must change situation when we have discrimination for one uh, type of uh, people around us and second it's not about helping people for helping d and I it's about business strategy. If we use any research about D&I and business, we found interesting facts. For example, if you have this uh, diversity, equity, inclusion in your business, you take uh, increased business performance in this company. If you work with D&I, you can work with innovation. If you work with D&I, you can hiring interesting different people. If you have different people in your team, you can create service or product for different people like a client. I really like that you're moving to the, the to the pitch of coming out to the to the B2B branch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do understand what you mean. I do understand like a professional angle and we would get to that point in several moments. Okay. Okay, I have ADHD. I am probably have autism, not sure about that, but maybe I'm not sure. And also I'm a bisexual person. 
And also, I'm a woman. But I wonder, even if I'm saying this, I'm kind of apprehensive that somebody would hear it and somebody would use it against me. And I know that people, I mean, can use it against me in some way or another. And I kind of can understand cognitively, logically, okay, so this is why it is important to talk about it. This is why it is important to say that, okay, to normalize it, to destigmatize the labels, right? But also, I want to know, like, your own maybe story when you were afraid or lonely or something and when you realized that okay in order to not to be this this is why we need to this is why we need to connect and this is why we need to talk about this and this is why we need to destigmatize and this is that what normalization looks like not just selling this thing which is which is important i do understand the the importance of the i E, all of this, all of these letters, and also the queer world. I understand it, but from the personal point of view, I really wonder about maybe like the moments when you when it hit you that okay, it is not just something which needs to be done, but it is fundamental to do this. Because usually, I mean, I know people who are either trans or gay or lesbian who still work in Russia, who still live in Russia, and they cannot imagine themselves moving or migrating for different reasons. And they're just disguising their part of personality. I know that it can be detrimental for their mental health for them to disguise it and just to pretend that nothing is happening because it is, because the war is happening. Everything is happening. Like their government tells them they are not able to exist. But I just wonder from your own personal point of view, have you ever experienced it? You know what I, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not the pitch. We will go to the pitch in, at, like in several moments, but I wonder about yourself. I think, of course, it's about a way of normal for different people. When I studied in university, we with uh, my friend created closed uh, student club uh, for LGBTQ people. And we started helping people in a difficult life situation. For example, not accept yourself and work with uh, psychology or uh, not understanding um, from parents in sexual orientation. And it's true problem. And we find a special apartment for these guys because it uh, was about dangerous for life. And in this moment, I realized, okay, I honestly, before war, I had normal life. I hadn't any borders in my career development and my life development and my relationship or other part of my life. And I think, okay, yep, in my country, not support LGBT plus community. And maybe it's not my problem because I had normal life. I had life with all parts of this life, like white cisgender man near me, for example. Yeah, but it's a mistake because a lot of person from this community live in shadow and uh, can't accept themselves, can't work with understanding uh, okay with me, all okay, and I'm ready for all. I can uh, live uh, like you, I uh, can work like you, I can uh, have meeting with guys or with men or women, and I don't have any borders in my life. Uh, bad borders, of course. But no, a lot of people have these borders inside minds. And my work and my vision, it's about broke these bad borders and helping people understanding all okay. And not think about your sexual orientation, not think about your gender, not think about your age or other characteristics like about borders. Think about this like about part of you and live with it, live full life. Be free and live your life like you want. And it's really important motivation for me because when I talk with uh, 
people from LGBT plus community who take any, um, for example, career consultation or just conversation with me, I realized, okay, I do good things and I really can help people in accept process. And uh, for me, it's really important. Maybe it's not about one, three, four, five thousand of people. Maybe it's only about five people, but it's really important for me if five or one people after a conversation with me, after any connection with me, change mindset and start live full life. Can I also answer this? I think uh, I was also thinking about it. What actually was the impulse? <laughs> and I think that parenting was like, really huge for me because in many ways because I think when your child is born you suddenly realize you suddenly start seeing all children and um, it is like a huge part of life that suddenly opens up to you but also because my child has complex needs so he's autistic his gender is not the gender he was assigned at birth he's a migrant as well and um, all those things were coming in one by one <laughs> but now it is um, they are there in all their complexity. I think I also had a pretty normal life in Russia because I'm a bisexual woman. I was very good at masking for a long time. That's the privilege <laughs> I had as a bisexual woman. And um, at the same time, I have a child now who can't mask, who is very direct in what he thinks. I can see how the world is not built for him. I can see how many difficulties he faces. And at the same time, I can see the huge creative and like personal human value he can bring to the world if the world is more adapted to accept that value. <laughs> and it's an everyday struggle, I'd say, even here in London, considering all the levels of support we can have here compared to what we had in um, Moscow, which is like just not comparable at all. So what we have here, if we lived in Russia, it would be an extreme fantasy. I think this is when the human rights stopped to be just a theory for me, but became an actual matter. And... Um, it made me also much more vulnerable to human rights violations, especially towards children or like young people, towards queer people, towards people with disability, because sometimes some things really only come when you experience it. And I'm thinking now that there are the inside experiences that I would prefer not to have because I kind of already have a lot. But at the same time, I think they open authentic empathy and um, being able to feel the pain and try to address it. Thank you for sharing this. It's super important to hear because um, every person, the deeper they think about themselves in different like contexts and all this like intercrossing contexts like your gender, your age, your race, all kind of situations. Uh, like literally every person on the world will find anything, something about them, which is uh, different, which requires also attention in the context of diversity. I'm not sure if this is correct, but maybe probably it's a little bit of myth that uh, there is some like white uh, cisgender men and everyone else because it seems like even like whitish and cisgenderish menish people are still 
could be in so many different contexts, especially now, including like wars, political prosecutions and everything. You could find yourself migrant uh, in a minute, including uh, a lot of us in this war in Ukraine situation. Yeah. Yes, but at the same time, intersectionality adds. So if you are a Ukrainian refugee in London, you are in a much better situation than if you are a Palestinian refugee. So it is very clear. So context, the more like intersectionalities you have, the tougher your life is. So and some experiences are difficult to compare because of that. So intersectionality, I think, is a huge part of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion work because also we talk, we talk a lot about it. <laughs> because it was interesting when I came here to study applied theater, and applied theater, as I said, is basically community work. So the first two things that we did when we started the school year, so first we had a training on um, on racism, then we had a training on um, gender, sexuality, and so on. So these were the basics that were required for us to even, like, start the school year. It was before anything else. We didn't have any like school readings before that. And then we had a huge block called um, Critical Context, which was taught to us before we started learning something about theater or applied theater or teaching theater or anything else. And it was all about critical race theory, it was about gender studies, queer theory, and understanding how this intersectionality adds to human experience and how it can be different for a person who is white, cisgender, who is um, in their own country, for example, and for a person who arrived from elsewhere and um, has more issues on top of the single point of discrimination. <laughs> let's, uh, let's put it this way. It was really um, interesting how that course was structured. And um, although my original plan when I was starting this, uh, this studies, I was thinking that I would just mostly apply it to my work with businesses. It's kind of like it's inevitable that you sleep and work with communities. <laughs> <laughs> because it becomes, you can start uh, feeling it on so many levels that it's impossible to address it. Like either through activism or in our situation with art. And I'm really glad that we are now doing this work with uh, Igor so we can address it in business as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about our big area ambition goal. We want to create space where every every person can be true. For example, me, I accept myself at uh, 21 years only. And before I leave, I try to be a different person and I don't live my life. And only after this, I realized, okay, I want more, I ready for more, and I ready for, and I ready for aggressive, for terrible from different person around me, from different company around me. And now when I add in my background this experience, I think uh, now we can help all people around us understand how live this life in career development, in life, in relationship, without any any problems. Okay, with problems, of course, but how work with this? What's, what's do with these problems? And unfortunately, it's not only about the Russian or any Russian language country. It's about a lot of country. It's about country in Europe. It's about part, a lot of state in USA. It's about not big town in UK. It's about Asia, of course. And when you realized 
people with any difference live life with a lot of borders, can't live with a simple relationship your life, can't do anything in career space, can't speak with uh, teammates about what I do with my partner on this weekend. It's not normal. And of course, it's not about opportunities for these people. And these people can't be inside performance for a business too. And it's problem not only for me, like part of this community, it's problem not about people who feel discriminate. It's about business problem too. It's about society problem. It's about government problem. And uh, our work in uh, coming out, it's about work with this problem on uh, different levels, with business, with community, sometimes with government. And uh, it's really important, but it's, of course, it's a really hard way. It's really a long way. And I don't know <laughs> where where light when finished of this way. But we try work with it and we want to work with it and and i think we believe we can work with it yeah i think also like in current situation it's clear that um this work will be more difficult it is already becoming more difficult all the things are really interrelated so let me take one example so the election is coming in the uk pretty soon and everybody was hoping that it will be the end of the tourists because they are terribly anti-trans very anti-refugees anti-migrants and everybody was waiting Okay, like, they're almost over. <laughs> Let's just wait when, when they finish. So because of the current situation, because of the war in Israel, the labor leader made a statement which is making it very difficult for the liberal community, for Muslim community to vote for them. And uh, then the hope is um, now really being lost for many people in this country because it's unclear who to vote for and what to expect because leaders of both parties support war crimes and not everybody is happy about it not just for personal reasons because for example london is a city with a huge proportion of muslim population and our mayor is muslim but also because there are many liberal people queer people who share very different kind of values, but also this rhetoric from the government when they are saying that, for example, men are men and, and women are women, or that LGBTQ refugees are coming up with uh, stories about themselves which are not true, <laughs> and they don't need their rights to be protected. It impacts the whole society and it impacts the businesses, and especially the businesses who like from the very beginning, we're not really buying into DI work, but had to do it because there is like this whole standard of uh, human rights, which need to be observed. And they had to do it because of the law, basically, not because they were huge believers in this work. So now what we can see, like, for example, on LinkedIn, people are writing, why are they training so on? anti-Semitism or not, and not Islamophobia, or there was this case when Harvard students signed a petition against Israeli government. And it's really hard for me to say it now because uh, Igor is Jewish, <laughs> and I know that he perceives it on a very, very different personal level, and uh, it's easier for me to speak as an outsider. And uh, their job offers were taken back from those Harvard students who signed that petition, which is a discrimination already, because they were discriminated for their political views. So I think this is the also beginning of new year, so we will see how it all works out. And at the same time, for me, it's also, I was thinking about it, 
And it's just becoming so obvious, like everything that's happening, that you kind of like, sometimes you can stay away from some war that is happening somewhere. But because this is so much in the face and so much connected and related with everything I do and I live in. So there are Jewish schools which are vandalized now in North London, in the part where I live. Or children from Jewish schools were suggested not to wear school uniforms so that they wouldn't be attacked in the street. And there is a huge rise of anti-Semitism. And also, like, there are anti-Islamophobic graffiti in the other part of the city. So it is impossible not to notice it and not to think about the consequences it will have. And I'm thinking that (laughs) maybe because of my, like, teenage disposition, I'd say, it makes me really angry. (laughs) And I think that the only way I can address it, like, the two ways I can address it, is through either art or human rights work. It's kind of, like, becoming impossible to stay out of it. I think I'm still doing, like, a large part of it on behalf of my child because I want him to live in a better world. But also... For all the other children who also want just to leave, maybe, yeah, as a basic requirement. Yep, yep. Uh, and I think it's really important uh, topics uh, when uh, governments think about unrepresented community, like about enemy, and of course about queer community, like about enemy. And it's um, really comfortable uh, position for governments, really comfortable position for conservative parties, conservative parts of governments. But it's not okay. And and I think business in our work, it's influencer who can change these rules in our life because business is about money. Government respect money and its system work like this. And and I hope maybe after our work, maybe 10, 20 or more years, um small boy, for example, from Second Rock, not will be think about yourself like about uh, not a okay person, not will be try fixed yourself and not think about this. Maybe people around will tell about you're broken, but it's not my problem. It's problem these people. It's problem this government. It's problem these conservative parties. It's not my problem and I don't want feel this like my problem. And it's about big value inside our work, inside work our team. And also, like, answering uh, again the question why is, for example, sexual diversity important at work? I think because, like, for example, being queer, I mostly identify as queer, is a... Um, statement that goes really beyond sexuality, like being gay is also being a representative of gay culture, which is huge and which does not only relate to who you are having sex with. So it has its culture symbols, it has its values and so on. And I think it's, yeah, about uh, just really like giving this culture a right to exist (laughs) and the um, carrier of this culture to exist at this workplace as a human. Because I think when we were doing a workshop for SEMrush together with Igor, the big part of the conversation there was that actually it is good to to know each other as people and it is only possible if you kind of like go beyond the how are you and the weather is nice uh, conversations, which I became like really good at in this in this city. I can also discuss people's dogs <laughs> in, in very different adjectives and descriptors. But if you want to build a relationship, I think it uh, just needs to go beyond those beyond those conversations. Thank you so much for telling us. And also, as a summarization of this kind of part of the conversation, can I ask you to maybe recommend some media, educational resources or something? Because what you say 
is kind of connecting the dots all over the place for me. Patriarchy, <laughs> women's rights, diversity, inclusion, all of these things, queer people, they are, I think, I am kind of understand somewhere where it is connected, but it took me such a long way in order to do this. And sometimes I don't have the, most of the times, I don't have the vocabulary and I don't have the, uh, you know, strong sentences which I can share with people and explain why complaining about service when you come from Moscow <laughs> to BDC is such a dickhead move. <laughs> you shouldn't do that, especially in Facebook or coming to Serbia where I live now and just complain that, oh my gosh, Yandex was better. <laughs> like, come on, it angers me. I kind of understand why it is kind of all connected, but also I don't have the vocabulary. So it took me a lot of, I don't know, watching a lot of stand-ups and a lot of books to read, but also maybe you can recommend some things which would be beneficial to people who want to learn more about the connections between all of those topics and how to basically live a normal life, I guess. I think if we talk like specifically about DI, <laughs> in DI in business, I can recommend Igor's guide because he recently wrote a guide, which is <laughs> very, very convenient now. He wrote a guide on DI work because really there are not that many good reasons on DI. Uh, so this is something that we can definitely share, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's very hard for me to recommend just one author or just one book. Also, because I was doing a lot of like, queer reading, queer theory reading or like critical race theory reading and um, I don't know all the writers who I can recommend they probably are just uh, kind of standard like reading Bell Hooks or Audre Lorde uh, black feminists to a large extent a queer theorist. I think to me personally it's a journey that someone should make themselves <laughs> which is not a very good <laughs> good news. For example now I'm reading, pre-reading and reading once again World Everything Dear, it's called John Berger's book on the situation in Palestine, on the war in Iraq uh, and so on, which is suddenly again becoming like super urgent and actual and contemporary. Honestly, I agree with Masha, of course, uh, it's about my guide. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but if we talk seriously, I think you can find good books about diversity, equity, inclusion if you can use Google books about D and I is a good way for you. But if you think about mindsets, if you think about any um, value things, I recommend start not think about people, think with people, ask people have conversation with people from different parts of uh, diversity imperatives. And if you uh, want, understand people, it's a good way for you in diversity areas. It's only about people. It's about what happens inside me, what happens inside you. And if I have only motivation, I want to read a lot of books about diversity. It's good, of course, too. And my guide. Yeah, uh, but, not <laughs> but not only this. It's about your really motivation. Be human-centric. Be empathy. And uh, if you want to understand what happens uh, with people around you, be empathy. Um, while any books about empathy. Try, uh, if we talk about business, try be inside the thinking process, for example. Try be inside empathy process and not create any service for people. Create this service with people. And it's a really good way, uh, in my opinion, yep. 
I really like that our conversation is non-linear and we touch a lot of different points of view, but um, we already covered some pieces of information about coming out but the project, but maybe it will help me if we speak a little bit more about history of the project. And um, as far as I understand, you work together in Russia, in St. Petersburg, before like full-scale war started in Ukraine, and how long this whole project is existing, how many people working there. Am I correct uh, that for now you kind of closed uh, like inside of Russia work and you change your focus or you're trying to do this um, simultaneously and whether it's like okay to speak about it from the you know legal point of view I just trying to understand all the background and all the current state of the project yeah yeah of course if you want to talk about for example uh, migration in uh, other country like LGBT plus person and maybe only trans person it's about us you can take legal consultation you can take only psychological consultation you can take career consultation and if we talk about any metrics for six months of 2023 we already have 3000 consultation in different parts of our work more 40 groups about psychological support 30 new current cases and it's about not only um, private cases we already have more 10 business cases and work with different type of company and of course it's about one big research with uh, 6,050 response and now we uh, inside preparing your research with Masha and Denise and uh, Denise uh, part of our our preparing research about migrants from queer community who have different terrible situation in their life and we want to understand what happens with these people now. And we want to understand how we can help these people after our research. And uh, since 208, we support, I think, more 1,100 people from LGBTQ plus community. And uh, we have plans to continue work with these people in a helping way. I could also, yeah, maybe just add a couple of words about the work we are doing like specifically, specifically in business, if it's okay. Because I think that it's very interesting and it's like a very promising field because I don't think that there was much thinking about it in business overall. And of course, because our background is in work with a Russian-speaking queer community, so we started working like specifically with companies who have Russian-speaking backgrounds. But at the same time, there are many companies who have large proportions of people coming from oppressive regimes. China is not really LGBTQ-friendly, the whole of Arab world, so it's clear. And um, I think when uh, DI work is done in companies very often, it's kind of like equalizing. So people kind of like expect that all people coming to do this work are on the same level of understanding or even like familiarity with this work. At least this was my experience of DI training. So, for example, I'm trained for microaggressions, just uh, saying something, for example, like, I don't know, Asian people are smart. And uh, this is actually a discriminating statement. But at the same time, I'm not trying to understand the roots of it. 
or like uh, gay people dress nicely and it's also actually a discriminated statement <laughs> though it might sound very very nice and and friendly but at the same time okay i'm trained not to say those words i am trained to use the correct pronouns i'm trained uh, not to say like specific sentences I'm trained not to, like when I'm referring to a person at work, not to mention the color of their skin. But I don't understand. So I learned that I actually these are the words that I'm not supposed to say. And I'm just stopped talking about it entirely. And at the same time, I have this huge background of coming out, for, uh, of uh, coming out, <laughs> coming <laughs> from really oppressive culture. And sometimes I'm also living in this community who's coming from really oppressive culture and whose values haven't really shifted much because many people who are coming to work to Europe or to the UK, uh, which is not Europe, obviously, or to the States, they are still living in their communities, in the communities of people who speak the same language and they face the same discrimination or they are afraid to speak up because they know that uh, their friends won't support it. So it's a very polarizing experience, uh, the ones those people have, when on the one hand they are see openly gay, for example, people who have been living in San Francisco all their lives and uh, who have been out for 20 years and <laughs> have been um, advocating for LGBTQ plus rights for many years. And then they are there still closeted because they are still having their background and having their cultural baggage with them and having their community around them. And also like the community both at work and outside of work. And also we have people who are not from queer community, but also coming from the oppressive background and they learn what not to talk about, but they don't understand why it's um, in, I don't know, Russia. It was uh, like really shameful to be gay and why here it's uh, like really not shameful to be gay it's really difficult to make this journey so we're trying to initiate those conversations because i think a lot of those things and understandings are lost in silence and when people are not talking about it because they're afraid to talk because uh, they might be fired and sent back to russia which is a rather scary perspective uh, like for non-queer in place uh, for queer, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> We're not discussing it. It's also really restricting and really limiting and really not helping those people to even like perform at their work. A bit details. Yeah, of course, we have special offer about consultation for individuals, but uh, more details about uh, offer for entity for business. If you would like to join us in our way, work with diversity in business, work with creating inclusion uh, environment and business, you can do it. But if you now don't know how to begin, ask us about it. Masha and I and Denise and uh, other part of our team ready give you non-commercial consultation about how you can start, what you need to understand before work with diversity. Maybe your team, maybe your company not ready for diversity now. It's normal too. And uh, really important to understand this before work with creating uh, diversity culture. And we can give you not only a guide, we can give you support in this way. Way. And it's really important because I think um, maybe anyone who will be here our in podcast uh, realized, okay, I want I want to work with diversity. I want to create inclusion uh, and equity environment in my team in my company, but I don't know how. And now uh, you can special opportunity from coming out, and in this opportunity we can help you on your not easy but really interesting way. 
It's like we already have call to action. If you need some info or help, contact us. But this is all exists in Russian only or in English or any other languages? In first, of course, it's about uh, Russian language company, but the, now this company uh, can have only Russian roots. For example, Siam Rush, Masha talked about uh, this company have Russian roots, but now uh, located in, uh, in Europe. And now it's about multi-culture company. And we work with a different type of company, but of course, uh, our first uh, interest is Russian language company from post-USSR area. But mostly we speak English with them because we are talking about companies who are not located in Russia, who either have Russian roots, relocated, or actually like were pretty disconnected already from Russia, but have a significant proportion of uh, Russian-speaking population. And then the language to me is like not really, although it should be, it's not really the key characteristic. It's more about like coming from like very specific oppressive backgrounds because there are many companies now which are international. They have uh, Russian founders, maybe, or founders from Belarus or from Ukraine. They speak English, obviously, <laughs> but they experience or familiarity with uh, LGBTQ plus rights or DI work is very different to those colleagues of them who grew up in the States, uh, in the UK or in Europe. Because, uh, like, whole conversation, I'm thinking about this sort of problem or just a situation that since like we have and we live globally but still the world is very inconsistent in every way and uh, so many different cultures in governments and countries are in sort of different levels and different uh, points of view especially if we talk about race, uh, sexuality, being open, etc., etc., religion, and um, this is probably the most difficult thing, because uh, then you connect through the internet or through like global migration processes. So many different people with different backgrounds. They definitely have to have some common language or some just conversations, some dialogue about it in some friendly environment because this is like the huge thing we see in the internet like people can be on the same social media but they writing and speaking from so different like parallel realities that they cannot really do anything but uh, have a conflict or not hearing each other so this is as far as i understand something you work with giving people some sort of common ground as well. Am I correct? Yeah, I would say that we facilitate the conversations definitely. So this is what like the large part of all the work we did with SEMrush was basically facilitating the conversation, making sure that it is um, a safer conversation than probably it could happen if we were not there or we didn't share the tools to have that conversation. And yeah, it is becoming increasingly necessary to have the conversations, but at the same time increasingly unsafe to have conversations because of everything I think that's going on in the world now on so many different levels. And yeah, so I think um, it's very difficult to kind of like teach something to someone at this moment. 
<laughs> because everybody has their own truth <laughs> and they stick to it pretty strongly in order to survive not just to lose sanity completely i think and um, uh, being able to create some spaces to talk and given the tools to to talk are kind of important i think i would also add a couple of examples that i'm doing if it's possible still which is um the work that i'm not doing with coming out but i think it's also like just some examples of those conversations because i'm doing also work with um queer refugees um, community here queer migrants who are also coming from they're saying eastern europe and central asia but basically it's the same territory that we're addressing with uh, <laughs> the i work with coming out for example we were doing a practice a workshop with them which was called uh, tree of life and tree of life is a technique that is used uh, to work with communities who have been through major traumatic events or who experienced crisis and i currently know people who are doing the same work for example, in Israel, working with the Israeli community there, doing these trees of life. And I think having those practices that help to have the conversations, they're actually really important now. And another thing that I'm also doing here, we started doing drag workshops also for queer, for migrant communities, for young people. Because overall, queer theory is very futurist. It's very future-oriented. It's kind of like dreamy in a way, because it envisions a better future. <laughs> <laughs> so we are creating this like spaces of hope for people at the times when <laughs> hope is pretty hard state to maintain. So we are doing this workshop also for this queer migrants community, but we're also talking uh, now with many theater companies and queer organizations in London about that, <laughs> which is um, pretty interesting. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Again, more details for me. Of course, when we work in a project with uh, guys from different culture, we uh, every time try find common points and uh, try find some comfortable way of working. And uh, I think it's not unreal because, yep, we live in a big different world. We live in a world with pluralism. Uh, if we talk about opinion, if we talk about point of view, if we talk about culture and, and, and uh, religion and other but we people and of course when we are people we have <laughs> common points and if we think about empathy if we think about what i can do for masha for you for karina for kate i think about people and not think about my value and only about my value if my value about humanity i think about different people around me of course we acknowledge those who maybe not accept our position and it's too about diversity it's too about inclusion community around us and it's really important understand it's really important you every time will find around you people who not support you who not accept your opinions and we don't have aim change all people around us it's diversity equity inclusion it's about equity rights for different people and these rights not about one type of rights it's about different rights it's about different conditions for these people and uh, it's okay if we have person from different culture with different opinions and uh, we live in this world and i like this word and i think uh, diversity is about save this type of word it's only about save this type of word but it's about safe for everyone in this world if we can do it of course maybe it's again big fantasy but i think we can work with it and we can find common points uh, between uh, different person around us 
I really like this principle that you've mentioned before and you are like enhancing now that uh, it's not only about, you know, just studying the people as though they are in vacuum and just, okay, those people are so interesting. They have all this interesting characteristics in terms of sexuality or ethnicity or something, something, but just uh, talking to the people and uh, co-participating and co-designing the future and co-designing the experiences we have is just so very refreshing. And I think this principle and this mindset can be applied to almost anything else, which is a relief which is a way better than approach than to, okay, you go and uh, we can talk to you after you've uh, completed all the 10 courses of uh, learning all the different pronouns. I have like two major questions I think left for you. Masha, you mentioned that, okay, so there are people who've learned the correct way to use pronouns and the sound theory about something, but how do you go beyond this parroting of correct way and politically correct things in order to actually bringing humanity to people and human rights? How do you do that? How do you accomplish that? I think what we were trying to do at the workshop we had with Samrash, for example, we talked first about like all the ideas that we are coming with to this workshop, all the ideas that we heard when we were children, when we were studying, uh, the ideas we heard from our governments, the ideas that we had at work. And it was uh, pretty interesting just to see them there. And I think it's a huge relief to kind of like know that these are some discourses, some ideas that you were not <laughs> you, you were not born with. You heard them from some people and they are ideas which are very like separate from you and do not necessarily represent you or represent other people. But these are the contacts that were influencing you that were not innocent. And when they are there on <laughs> paper on the screen, separate from you, then you can have some stand towards them. You can choose whether you want to like continue align with them, whether you want to argue them, to battle them, or just even kind of like seeing this idea separate from yourself, I think is already a like, great start of the conversation. <laughs> I can't go more into the tools because the second part of the workshop was that there were people who we interviewed before the workshop. Uh, queer people who share their stories because I absolutely support what uh, Igor was saying that if you want to do the DI work basically you need to talk to people <laughs> it is about people and uh, I happened to do a lot of reading for example because I was doing academic work on this subject <laughs> but it's not necessary really and because I like reading but you don't have to read all those books and then we asked people who were at the workshop to find uh, moments that resonated with them in those stories which is a very also different way to of view someone's experience because normally when we hear about someone's experience we very often react with judgment not with uh, resonance not trying to remember our own stories which might be very different in a way but at the same time somehow similar to the story that we just heard. And then we have some points of connection uh, which we can further work work around. Yeah, and so these are like the first things that uh, we do to start facilitating <laughs> conversations. <laughs> I guess we have to wrap it up. Thank you so much. It was super personal, interesting, wide. I guess I felt uh, a little more safe in my own possibility of misunderstanding something because I guess the dialogue is helps us and be asking questions, not statements is 
always helps and uh, saying something about you in the first place, your own insecurities or feelings or some sort of stuff that affects you and what you say is important. So yeah, this was super inspiring. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, this is Katya again. Thank you for listening to the Diverse Discoveries podcast. Please like, share and subscribe. If you want to be our guest, reach us via email diversediscoveriespodcast at gmail.com. We'll return with new episodes next month.